Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing, episode 288. Forget the music, we're getting right into this thing. Welcome to the show, your podcast for science fiction and fantasy literature. You know, when I first came up with that tagline, there was only like four podcasts. Now there are like 400 that do what we do, but I digress. This is Sean, welcome to the show. This is Moses. This is Brent. Go ahead, you two, don't be shy, go ahead. (laughs) Ladies first. This is Christy. And this is Tim. That's right. We have a full crew today. Christy uh, Cherish and Tim Ward are joining us, and we're going to talk about their new upcoming projects and uh, as well as Moses's book and get a progress check on him. And we have some news to talk about as well. And I don't really know where to start this, guys. Should we start by uh, talking about the books or should we start by talking about the news? What do you guys think? News. News. <laughs> news. Okay. We'll do the news. Okay. That sounds good. Um, all right. So here's the big news. I'm having a little bit of a deja vu moment here. Um, but as everyone knows, last summer, I uh, asked Tim to take over the podcast, and he did, and he went full out and did an amazing job for uh, about a year. And then he stepped away to focus on time with his family and his writing, which has produced some great results, which we're going to talk about in this show. So I've been running the the show and the website again since, I think it was June, if memory serves. Does that sound right, Tim? Um. Yeah, June, July, August. Around there. June, July, August, (laughs) September, whatever. (laughs) We're so exact around here. (laughs) So anyway, so yeah, so we've been going along swimmingly for the most part. You may have noticed, though, that there were no episodes in December, uh, but we we did uh, well in, or no, no episodes in January, but doing well so far in February. Anyway, get around to the point. I realized over the last half year running the show again that I cannot do the podcast without having significant costs in my business. Um, and so I had to make a choice. And unfortunately, that means I am leaving for good this time. I, I learned my lesson. And I thought we were going to have to let the podcast go by the wayside at first. I just figured it was time to let it go, let it retire. Uh, but Brent said, hey, 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 no, hold on a second. Um, some things have changed with, in his workplace. And he is stepping up along with Christy and along with Moses to keep the uh, the show going, to keep it alive. So I don't think we're going to have much of a break even. I think I'm putting the pressure on. Okay, hey, Brent, your first show is going to be one week from the date this one drops, all right? <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I, that doesn't scare me too much. Christy and I had a nice, healthy conversation this week and started some editorial planning. So I think okay. folks can expect us to have uh, a number of shows um, – you know, throughout the throughout the year, and for us to can to keep things rolling, so uh, they should be able to expect that. And also, Tim and I were trading some notes earlier today. I know that you know, Christy and I definitely couldn't let the show go, but Moses and Tim will still be a part of the show in ever in whatever way they can contribute. So we're looking forward to their contributions as well as the rest of the team. I've I've chatted with uh, different members of the team. So yeah, uh, not you're not. You're not scaring me away, Sean. I wasn't trying to. I, I was just <laughs> setting a high bar. No. Um, yeah, so I was, I'm excited about it. And, and, you know, I feel very much at peace with it. I have to admit, I was at peace with it last time I stepped away, but still part of me is like, oh, I'm going to miss this. I have to admit, I'm not going to miss this. <laughs> I'm burnt. I just, I can't handle the the editing and the the email and, and, and all that. I just can't do it. Um, so it's, that tells me it's definitely time to uh, retire from this podcasting gig. Now that doesn't mean that I might not do an interview once a year. I mean, it'll be fairly rare, but I do imagine there's going to be a time where I read a book that I just love so much. that I uh, email Brent and be like, can I please interview this author? And I'm assuming Brent will say that's okay. But I I just want to thank everyone who has uh, been listening, not just for the last six or eight months, but the last nine years, I think we're coming up on nine years, which is pretty amazing. Um, So yeah, this will be the last time I'm on here regularly and if Brent and Moses and Christy and Tim reach that point where they need to move on as well, then that's when the show will retire. Um, so that's, that's where we are. Uh, so I guess we can talk about the books now. Get on to the fun stuff. Let's see. Who should, who should we pick first? Uh, I'm going to roundtable it. Go uh, Christy. Christy. Yeah, why don't we pick on Christy? Christy has a book out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but let's pick on Christy too because folks who listen to the show but maybe not pop over to the – to the blog portion of uh, of the show, may, or the website may not be familiar with Christy. 
So, Christy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You've been contributing for a while now over at the, the blog, doing some um, editorials and some reviews. Yeah. So, I, I, I guess for me, I started listening to the show years ago uh, because I had been told that I was starting to get into writing uh, and this was the show for me to listen to. So, uh, Yeah, but did Sandra when- say that to you? No, not just Sandra. Other people told me that too. She okay. did. All right. <laughs> she did. But there were other people at the con because this was at a conference. There were other people at the conference who said, "Yeah, you got to listen to Adventures in Sci-Fi by Publishing." And I started finding books that way. So I started reading. Um, I read Ian Tregellis because of the podcast. I was reading Diana Rowland because of the podcast. So I was finding all my books that way. But. When uh, when you guys put out the, I think it was Tim last year who put out the um, email asking for more contributors contributors to the website. I jumped at it, and I've been doing a couple of reviews and articles occasionally. You guys have been nice enough to let me post stuff, so that's been a lot of fun. And um, now I'm taking over. Now I'm going to be helping Brent with the podcast portion too. But going to be my regular partner in crime. Although you guys. Yeah, and and Sean, before we came on, Sean had talked about a, a podcast of days of, in days of yore, where there was drinking and podcasting, and and Christy and I may occasionally bring out break out a craft brew special uh, podcast from time to time because we found we both have an affinity for for craft beer. So, uh, Sean, you may you may need to be a little bit concerned. Ah, sounds like I might need to visit more often than I thought. (laughs) Well, Christy, tell us about your book. You are just fresh off a publicity tour, I believe you said before we started recording. And um, unfortunately, I haven't read it yet. Don't hate me. (laughs) I don't hate you. Um, I have a, so my first novel, Owl in the Japanese Circus, with Simon & Schuster. It came out January 13th, and it's an adventure urban fantasy about um, an ex-archaeology grad student turned international antiquities thief, uh, Alex, better known as Owl, who has one rule, no supernatural jobs ever, until she crosses paths with Mr. Kurosawa, who's a red dragon who owns and runs a casino in Las Vegas called the Japanese Circus. So Indiana Jones meets the Dresden Files. How would you describe it, putting the films together? Putting the films together. It's Indiana Jones... Indiana Jones, a bit of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, definitely okay. a lot of the Dresden Files in there. It's it's Indiana Jones with supernatural, more supernatural stuff, and a bit more modern take. Now, not everyone know. In fact, I don't know how many people um, listening to this would know that you have a scientific background. Tell us about that and how that may or may not influence the story. I so yeah. So I spent long story short. I spent a really long time in school, and I have a PhD in cell biology. Uh, I, with my writing, it's useful for details. I think people always jump to details and they think, well, science degree, it's got to be awesome for coming up with, you know, science facts that go into the book. So it is useful for that. It's a nice, it, it gives me a bit of a shortcut. But the big thing I find is that the science background, the way I write is very much scientific. Like I use the scientific method quite a bit when I'm writing fiction for solving my plot problems. And that's, even though I'm doing urban fantasy, that's where it comes in. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you find having a PhD in science that reading science fiction and enjoying science fiction is more difficult for you because maybe you have a better understanding of it than some of the folks that are penning the science fiction? Mm, I I don't know. I I think there's this myth that scientists, so everybody always hears about, you know, they'll they'll hear about the movie that comes out where there's some huge explosion and there's always a scientist who goes, that doesn't work like that. That would never work. They got it all wrong. And uh, Star Wars is a perfect example. Um, X-Wings in space are not going to bank. It, It doesn't work like that. Physics doesn't work like that in space. But it's, you know, I, I think the really I, I think good scientists and, and good researchers when they're looking at fiction go, I'm more interested in the story. You know, how does the science serve the story? It's it's not a textbook. It's supposed to be an entertainment type, you know, uh, yeah, piece. Yeah. So I I think the best one of the best I, I I'm trying to think of one of the best 
sci-fi books I've read in the past few years. I really loved Paolo Bacigalupi's The Wind-Up Girl because he had no details. Like there was very, very little scientific detail in that book. But from my science background, it was like it all made sense. It um, You could take science and fit the story to the science, um, yet no details. So, yeah. Hey, Brent, you remember that interview? I do remember that interview. You know, you know, what, I, you know what I remember about that interview? <laughs> <laughs> there, there were probably as many curse words in that interview as false. <laughs> And, and and do you remember that I didn't edit it or listen to it before I posted it? And yeah, yeah, we had, apply, we had to apply a warning to it. I got, yeah. well after the fact. I kind of got in trouble for that fact. one. Yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah, that. Yeah. you know, he was he he but, was such a rock star though to do that interview. And I've told the story a number of times, but he was having an asthma attack during that interview, and he I said most or I was uh, Paulo. Moses's picture just popped up on my screen. Um, my I, son, I did, also, I did that. Go ahead. Yeah, you, my uh, my son also has asthma, and so I said, "Paulo, we don't have to do this." And he said, "No, we're effing doing this." And we spent about an hour and a half together to get about thirty <laughs> minutes. And yeah, you're right; about fifteen minutes of it was effing uh, all over the place. So yeah, I remember that interview. It's one of one of your many adventures, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's about time Sean said, you know, I really don't need help. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I got the, I thought this was a family-friendly show in your emails. I'm like, what are they talking about? So I started listening to him like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? It's all good. I just, you know, yeah, I left was it. That, was that the last time you didn't listen to the show before posting it? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he scared me straight too. He told me about that before I took over. So, <laughs> did I really? So, so, Sean, is this one of those parental type moments where it's now that you're handing it over to me, you're you're just laughing on the way out? Saying, oh, oh, Brent. Oh, now it's your turn to come. You're gonna get it. <laughs> well, you know, no, it wasn't actually that. Well, I mean, okay. Anyway, I only got a couple of emails. Um, I do remember the first time I had Lou Anders on, he cursed a couple times, and I left it in there because I really didn't know what I wanted to do with the show at that point. I mean, this is literally episode three, and I remember one person posted and was like, this is so awesome that he didn't edit out your F-words. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should, probably should have done that. So ever <laughs> since then, I started doing that. <laughs> and for about two years, I, I would inter- I would put this little <laughs> sound whenever there was a curse word. But you know how much editing time that takes? So I don't do that anymore. Uh, Paulo's interview would have been 10 minutes. <laughs> Blah, 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 uh, uh, blah, 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 uh, uh. it would have been awesome. Okay, back to Christy. Um, <laughs> I went into a nice little sideline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look what you started. <laughs> okay, so this is book one. It's book one of a trilogy, though, correct? Book one of, uh, I guess, a, what do you call that, a duality? Two books? Um, so two to start off with. I'm hoping I'll get, um, I'm hoping there'll be more later on. But at the duology. moment, it's two books, yeah. Du- duology, right? Duology, I was guessing, yes. Uh, but you have another book contract, so that's with a different publisher. Yes, it is. Yeah, so I um, I wrote another book, different different series, different different universe, uh, urban fantasy as well, um, called Kincaid Strange, and I gave it. I had just signed with my agent, Carolyn Ford, uh, Canadian agent, since I'm Canadian, um, at Westwood Creative, and. She, I mentioned I was working on another urban fantasy project and she's like, well, um, what, what, you know, when I, when I had it finished, she said, you know, to give it to her and we'd see what we could do with it. And before my first book, before Owl and the Japanese Circus came out, actually, we had that sold to Ann Collins at Random House. I, I don't know. I, um, I think you guys have probably read or heard about her. Uh, Ann Collins also is the editor for Kelly Armstrong who's another Canadian urban, big urban fantasy author. So yeah, that series, King Kate Strange, that is a trilogy. So it's three books to start on that one. And um, it's about a voodoo practitioner and zombies all in Seattle. Zombies, voodoo, Seahawks. Yep, sounds like Seattle. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I'm a 49ers fan. Uh, (laughs) When does book one come out for that? May 2016. Okay, excellent, excellent. I wonder how many... Aftermath of Grunge, Christy. 
Is that what's going on there? It's it's not aftermath of the math of grunge. There's definitely some grunge in there. Come on. <laughs> I wonder how many uh, authors we've had on the show with PhDs. Any guess? Ooh. Oh gosh, I couldn't even venture. A couple dozen at the most. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's really cool that you're writing after a PhD in cellular biology. Is that right? Yeah. So genetics, genetic cell biology, that kind of stuff. It's um, it's it's hard. Nobody really does a P. I, I don't know about the other disciplines, but in life sciences, no, nobody does a PhD in just one thing because you end up having to do everything in the lab. Oh. Uh, you end up doing genetic cell biology, a bit of biochem. So, yeah, but primarily that's that's what I like to tell people is cell biology. So, are you going to write science fiction then in the future? At some point, I've got yeah, I've got a short. Sto- I've got a couple of short stories that are sci-fi. I. I kind of feel like urban fantasy is so sci-fi is great, love it. We'll hopefully do some writing, do some novels on that later on. But urban fantasy is kind of a fun challenge because, yeah, it's not science, but you've got to somehow you, you've got to make sure that um, the science in the regular world, so the urban world that we live in, has to be negotiated with all of this fantasy, these fantasy elements. And there's a real trick to that that I really enjoy. Uh, how do you make it somewhat believable? So, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of doing the urban fantasy for right now and a bit of fantasy, too. Wow. Well, Christy's going to be a huge part of the show going forward. So, everyone, please check out her books. It totally sounds awesome. Congratulations on the big release, doing all your promotion. That's so cool. Do you have uh, audio rights sold? Is that going to be an audio book at some point? Not yet. So I'm hoping it will be an audiobook at some point, but it, the rights, uh, we still haven't sold the rights for that yet. So sort of a fingers crossed moment. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's one of those things with it's, I, I'm kind of, you know, I was amazed I got the book deal in the first place. Like I was a bit shocked because I'm a debut author. I had no, uh, I had a short story published, but besides that, I've got a science degree, so I, I didn't even have the English sort of or, or arts background to back me up. So um, I'm, you know, I, I'm just happy with how well the book's doing so far. So yeah, um, yeah. But uh, crossing think, my so, fingers on the audio. So I think that helps you. I think an English degree actually kind of hurts you if you're trying. I mean, I don't know if it hurts you, but it, I don't think it's helpful. I have a literature degree, and yeah, me uh, too. Yeah, the <laughs> biggest thing I learned is how to pick something apart and how to be. You know, I shouldn't put down my professors that way, <laughs> but, but it did not in any way help me learn how to write an interesting story for a modern audience. I'll put it that way. All right. I got to learn how to read The Awakening by Kate Chopin 18 times and try to oh. to pick it apart from all the different schools of literary criticism. Like, hello, this book was just poorly written. Okay. That's why you can do all the different disciplines on one book because it's poorly written. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta, I gotta let that go. It's been a, been a decade. Anyway, so um, Christy, with the with the audiobook rights, are you able to go indie with that, or does that have to go through a major publisher? And have you thought about kind of being a hybrid in that way? Ooh, I so I haven't. So short answer, I haven't thought about that yet. But if let me think, I think it. Don't, nobody quote me on this, but uh, and hopefully I don't get an angry, angry email from somebody. But um, I think technically I could go indie. Now, whether or not I would do that, um, I've, I've had a good experience with the publishing, uh, the traditional publishing so far. That doesn't mean that I wouldn't consider a hybrid at some point, but um, just it's that, I don't know, I think it's kind of that, that component of starting out and learning I, I kind of like sticking with, with the traditional just for how much I'm learning with them, but that doesn't discount that I would try the indie in the future. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I wonder, because ACX, I think it's like 60-40, the author makes and then the narrator makes 40. I mean, you might be able to just put it up there as an audition, see if you like anybody, and go from there. I, I mean, I say it so, sort of selfishly because that's my medium, how I'm consuming books at this point, and I want to I wanna hear the story. So, Oh, it's yeah, all take, about take you, your time. Tim. Take yeah. your time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to record yourself reading it and then send me the CDs, no. 
<laughs> okay, that reminds me of a time when Dennis McKiernan was renewed at Mysterious Galaxy, and he read the first chapter, and he says, any questions? And the guy in the front row raised his hand and said, can you come home and read it to me while I'm in bed? And he <laughs> was like, serious? Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, anyway, um, well, well, Chrissy, congratulations on uh, the success, the contracts, the new book. Um, and I'm not surprised by name. You said you were surprised, but I remember when we first met, it was at a convention. Which convention was it? Um, that was Reno's WorldCon. It was Reno. Okay. And uh, you were there with Sandra, and we spent uh, one or two nights hanging out together. I remember it was the three of us and Lou for a couple hours in, in one of the bars just spending time talking. And, uh, you know, you're sharp as a tack and uh, as nice a person as you can possibly find in the field. So I'm not surprised at all that, that all this great stuff's happening. And uh, I just have a lot of admiration for you, and, 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 and I appreciate everything that you've done up to this point. And, and I'm sorry I haven't read your book. So I'm saying all this stuff even though I haven't read your book. <laughs> I just I got to know you a little bit, and, and I like you and respect you. So congratulations on that. And, and I'm really excited that you're going to be a part of the show moving forward. So, so thank you. Aw, no, I'm I'm super excited actually. I I was jumping. I jumped at the chance to to hop in um hop in on the show with Brent, but I've been listening to you guys for for a long time. So it's it's um Stop. I don't know. I it's it's awesome that uh you know, it's uh it's awesome I get to be on the show now. <laughs> So you're stalking us, that's what you're saying. Yeah, pretty well. I, I thought I heard some background audio. It sounded like she was rubbing her hands together almost in a, mani- in a maniacal way. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, Fifty Shades did just come out. I don't know. Probably coincidence. Um, <laughs> all right, Tim, let's talk, uh, let's talk with you about what is going on with your writing. I know you have some stuff going on, so fill us in. Uh, actually, first I wanted to mention to Christy, ever since I met her, ever since she responded to my call for more contributors, I've wanted to get her on the show to talk about uh, what she knows her specialty in cell biology. And uh, so if if people want to email the show, and you know now I'm giving Brent work, <laughs> but I, I would like to hear people's questions for her. And if Christy would like to also volunteer to uh, come on and, and chat about that. Uh, I mean, I love reading zombie books. I love reading, you know, books about morphing, you know, monsters, that sort of thing. And and I'm sure a ton of people are getting it wrong. So it would be awesome to have your expertise, Christy, if you if you'd like to give it at some point. Christy, what? isn't that funny? Isn't that tied to one yeah. of the convert? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Funny that. Funny that. <laughs> We we could even do something thematic like science of zombies. We could do one week, or you know, um, or or science of sci-fi flicks, or or we could have a lot of fun with that. But yes, yes that would be awesome. Okay, so uh, as some people may have known, I I started writing uh, fan fiction in Hugh Howey's World of Sand. When I left the show this summer, <laughs> we don't know what month it was. Uh, I think I just had the one novelette out uh, called Scavenger, and um, people liked it, and so I expanded it, and so made that uh, Scavenger Red Sands, and then I wrote a novella, Scavenger Blue Dawn, and another one, Scavenger Twin Suns, and I'm compiling them into Scavenger Evolution, which uh, I'm going to release March 31st, and um, let's see, I say that it is like Dune meets Alien, uh, it's a future America covered in sand. Uh, sand divers have a technology to dive and search for treasure. And my main character discovers uh, a buried military base with technology that could be very good but is uh, ultimately horrific and uh, begins to separate him and his wife in ways that he's not sure how to reconcile. Uh, we're going to have a signed paperback for the show at some point. Um, I was going to have it come out March 1st, but sickness in January and February have pushed it back. And um, I've been following Michael Bunker and Nick Cole, their marketing strategy uh, as they do their thing um, with Apocalypse Weird. And it seems like it's pretty smart to have an arc available about a month before a release, at least a few weeks if you can, to get out to your newsletter list um, so that you can have some reviews by the release day 
Um, so yeah. what I'm doing is I've got a newsletter. Uh, if you go over to timothycward.com, there's a join my newsletter button. And so I'm going to give that out free as an ebook as soon as it's ready um, with the hope that uh, we'll get some reviews by March 31st. Yeah, it's a good idea. I still haven't read Hugh Howie. I'm kind of missing the boat here, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> I say pretty good. He's he's one of my favorites. I that, I got selfish there again. I'm like, well, don't read Hugh, read me. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there there is a way to get reviews on your book before it's live too, Tim. If you do it a certain way, um, mm-hmm. so you can have people start writing reviews like as soon as you. I, I think you have to upload a version for pre order. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know about this, but and then uh, I think if you do like a physical version for a second and then put it on and take it off, then people can start writing reviews on the physical side or something like that. So hmm. um, I've heard about the physical side with the pre-order. Uh, I heard that you can't change it. So if you put up a pre-order, you can't just switch the versions when you update it. Um, so that was one thing. I was like, well, okay, I better be ready when I put that pre-order up for the ebook version. Hmm. I don't. I don't know if that's correct. Uh, we should double check on that. But okay. um, yeah, it had to do with a way to uh, basically get people to be able to write reviews before the ebook was live. So um, someone turned me on to that, but I can, I can uh, hook you up with that. Is it possible to use Goodreads for that and mm-hmm. link to Goodreads somehow? That's a good question. I, I, I'm not sure. I do have it up on Goodreads already. And uh, I'm got, I have a three signed paperbacks giveaway. Um, and people, when they sign up for that, also have chosen some of them to add it to their to-read shelf. And so there's something is building slowly through that, getting them to write reviews on there as well as Amazon may be another story. But you can hope for the best on that for sure. You know, Tim, we really haven't been able to talk a whole lot the last few months outside of you know Facebook a little bit here and there. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know what your feelings are on this, but I mean – when, when you left the show, I, I really got the impression you were going all in on writing, and now you have this, this book you're putting out. And mm-hmm. I just want to know, what, like, what has your journey been like the last, since we don't know exactly when we cross back over, the last six to eight months, we'll say. <laughs> uh, yeah. Six to nine months, whenever it was. You know, what has that commitment been like? What challenges have you faced as I know you were trying to increase your production um, and then how has it been to write in this universe? Uh, and I know you have your own original properties that you're, you were working on as well. Uh, were you doing them simultaneously or was there a reason why you chose to focus on this first rather than the fantasy novel that I know you're, you were working on previously? I just asked you four questions, so I'm going to be quiet so you can talk. About it. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Which one do I do first? I know. So, I know better than that. I, I'm sorry. My, um, it's been hard, uh, I this has been the hardest year of my marriage. Uh, we've been married for uh, five and a half years, and this has been the hardest year. Uh, you know, lack of sleep with our our newborn, who's uh, almost fourteen months now. You know, I, I've been doing this for about uh, seven years, writing on the side of a full time job. Often, uh, well, part of that was in seminary, so I had full time course load and. Uh, it, you know, it, it takes a toll on the family. My wife, I think, would like someone that is done working when they get home, and uh, so it, it's hard to it's hard to balance being you know the leader in in the household, the sacrificial lover, with pursuing my dream. And uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to fit it in. Thankfully, I have a job where I get off before she does, uh, so I write. <laughs> to the detriment sometimes of my athletic uh, status before she gets home. And then I spend time with her and Kai. And when he goes to bed, uh, I write for an hour or so. It, it's influenced my fiction. Some of my fiction deals with, uh, you know, like Scavenger, it's, it starts out with a husband who uh, hasn't talked to his wife in two years because uh, their son died in a sand spill and he can't forgive her. And, uh, it's an adventure with some horror, but it's mostly a love story. And uh, so I kind of get some of that turmoil out into my fiction. But I've also been very productive. Um, and, you know, not to, I guess to summarize that, we hit a valley and, and we're rising up. 
I've had to make sacrifices. You know, I have to realize that it's okay to slow down some days. Um, but it's, you know, it writing drives me. And so it's really hard for me to slow down. Um, especially when I know that this first book that I'm putting out, you know, I have to write five more before I start making, you know, money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so my, my philosophy in, in this career has been, uh, when something's with an editor, work on something else. And so, uh, as I published that second novella or Blue Dawn, um, I also submitted my first novel, uh, to a small publisher I was in an anthology, Tales from Pennsylvania. I was ex- invited to another one, Masters of Time, which is coming out in June. Uh, it's a time travel short story that I'm going to put out. I was invited to a, a charity anthology um, that I'm almost done with my story on. So, Oh, and I'm also going to – I pitched to a, a company and they are interested. Um, so I'm going to submit – something to them soon as soon as i'm done with scavenger evolution a company like uh you pitched a book yeah yeah it's um well okay i'll just say it it's wondermint media they uh they do the apocalypse weird it's uh it's like marvel for books um they've got a bunch of books five books coming out um the 23rd of february and uh they've got a, a way that you can pitch your book idea and if they accept it, you could get a, a book contract. And this is open to anyone. And so I've got a horror book that I started a few years ago that I'm actually rewriting. So I, I, may, I may not be following the best advice of writing the second scavenger book right away. But <laughs> I've already got other projects that are started. And so right. I kind of stagger it that way. Yeah, I was wondering if you were, if you were going to pursue that because I saw they had uh... – open call for submissions. When I saw that, I thought, gosh, Tim should go for that. <laughs> and I, I never said anything to you, but it made sense to me that you could do that really well. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to hear that. I hope it works out. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's incredible. There's uh, it's a great mentor, uh, mentorship program, great covers, great editing. So I'm excited. Hopefully it'll work out. Now you're going more of the indie route. Why did you decide to do that instead of submitting properties to the big publishers? And doing the agent routine. Uh, well, I mean, I'm kind of going hybrid. Uh, I submitted to a small publisher. I tried. I tried doing the indie novel last uh, October of 2013, and I ended up spending over like seven thousand dollars on editing and didn't have a book that was worth publishing. Uh, it could be that I was just wasn't ready, and if I did it now and hired an editor. Uh, there might not be as much cost um, rewriting that sort of thing, but I. So I, I thought, you know, I've got a small publisher that I really like. They're doing great stuff. Submit to them, you know, forfeit the fifty percent or whatever the cut is to have somebody that wants my story, then edit, as opposed to hiring an editor that maybe isn't the right fit uh, with indie publishing. Uh, but then, you know, with with my scavenger stuff. It, I didn't think it was going to work submitting that to a publisher since it's fan fiction. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't really have a whole lot of choice on that. And I did want to get an experience with indie publishing and found a good editors that really worked with me and a great cover designer uh, that was very cheap. Maybe I shouldn't say that because <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Next time won't be so. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I am very fortunate to have some people that are willing to, uh, you know, offer their services for less than it's worth. They're, they're great covers. They are. So we'll see. And, you know, I, I see benefits to agents and I'm not sure traditional publishing, the 12% or whatever that you get. I don't. I don't know what I think about that. I, I'm not at that point yet where I'm like I'm definitely going to do that. So I'm going to try the small publishing and the and the indie publishing for now and see how that goes. Speaking of great covers and editors giving authors work to do, Moses, I saw what you posted on Facebook the other day. <laughs> Apparently, you just got line edits back, and you're like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've I haven't touched the book for a month. Uh, Adria Laycraft. 
uh, has been she's my copy editor for this book. Uh, David Farlin was he, kind of multi-purpose editor. Um, so yeah, I just got my line edits back, and so now it's on. I gotta I gotta finish editing you know the novel. Luckily, it's line edits at this point. Little things basically. Um, she did have one suggestion for the story that I think oh that was really cool. I should change that. You know, um, but mostly it's gonna be little stuff, and so. I'm uh, hoping to have it out, you know, April 10th is the date I've had set for a long time. This is for my second novel, The Ninth Wind. Um, Sean may have seen the cover on Facebook recently, too. Yeah. Uh, Karim uh, Fakari is the artist on the cover, and, it, I, you know, it, I am so happy about the cover. So I hope that will help me make up a little bit of my lost time when people see the cover and go, oh, my God, I got to read that. Uh, hopefully that will happen, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's intense. I've been writing this book for three and a half years. So... Um, I've tripled my number of children over that time period. <laughs> um, Good job. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So obviously he hasn't been writing the entire three and a half years. Well, as you guys may know, when you have kids, other things change too. So we'll just leave it at that. Um, (laughs) But anyway, yeah. So (laughs) I'm, uh, yeah, I I, I don't, it's been so long since I've released a novel. Like it's three and a half years now, you know, so I I just, I can't wait to see what people think about it. Um, so a lot of things have changed in my life recently. I actually broke my wrist, uh, in December, just had an accident at home. And so, um, you know, life is changing for me a bit. I, I recently got a job teaching, uh, at my son's elementary school. I teach the fourth grade in the afternoons, um, because, uh, and, and let me preface this, like one of the most important things you learn as a teacher is to have high expectations for your students. Cause if you have high expectations for them, they tend to achieve them. Um, that being said, these guys are kind of the bad news bearers right now. And so I'm in there to kind of help bring this male presence to this group and help these guys kind of get in line and do what they need to do. Uh, it's kind of a long story, but I'm really quite inspired by the teaching thing right now. And I may be applying to teach, uh, full time at the, at this school next year. It, it's an elementary school. It's a Waldorf inspired charter school. So, um, for example, what's cool about that is in fourth grade, which is what you know I'm doing right now, um, according to where the children are developmentally, that school's philosophy is like they teach the Norse myths that year and they teach various other things like, you know, that, that's a long story. But fourth grade is Norse myths. Fifth grade is, is Greek myths. So uh, ideally, I would get a job teaching fourth grade next year and I could do Norse myths and Greek myths in addition to, you know, writing and reading and all that business. But uh, I'm having fun with that. And so I'm really inspired by that. And so I'm kind of in this weird place where I've got my novel coming out. That's book one of the Splendor and Ruin trilogy. Oh, my God. You know, it's exciting. And then, like, I'm really actually really excited about teaching right now because that's the new thing that I'm doing. And uh, I'm just like a like a dog looking at a squirrel on a tree. You know, I just, oh, my God, new thing. Woo! Right. So I'm (laughs) trying to keep the balance of I've got to promote a novel now and finish it and Right. Do all of that editing, and meanwhile, I'm I'm reading books. Basically, in my free time, I'm reading books about classroom management, you know, and like child development and all these kind of things. Um, so yeah, I'm at a really funny place with that. So as 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 adventures in sci-fi publishing is transitioning, you know, I may be going through a big transition here too. And I don't, you know, it's hard to predict the future at this point. But I I, I do want to put this novel out there. I hope. It's. Uh, I think it's a step up for me as a writer. We'll see what people think, and if people love it, you know that will give me more mojo to keep keep you know keep going and, and write more novels. And I don't know, you know, it may be that I say, you know what, being a full time teacher is what I can do for right now, and I'll get back to the series, you know, when I have time for that. Um, as a teacher, you you know, you do get a few months off in the summer, so I I write with um, through dictation now, so I can actually write a rough draft pretty f- quickly now if I want to, and that was not really the case with you know the last novel. That one took a while to get the first draft done. Um, so yeah, I, I've I've been talking for a while, haven't I? Huh? What? When's no, it just supposed kidding. to come out. <laughs> <laughs> Does it come out in, in April? Or? Yeah, it, yeah. So hopefully, ten days after you guys finish Tim's latest release, um, hopefully April tenth will be the day. It, it may be that I get to that point and I'm like, you know, like what Tim said, it is better to have the the arcs out there for people to read a month ahead of time, so you have more reviews when the book comes out. So I mean, maybe you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll feel like I need to give it a little bit more time because I I do feel like. Um, the one thing I hope to have is that when the book comes out, I really hope to have a lot of reviews on it um, because I think that's just going to be important. If I'm going to make up all the time I've lost by taking three and a half years to write a novel, 
you know, hopefully the reviews on Amazon and other websites would give it the momentum it needs to take off. But uh, who knows, you know? Um, I, I, I feel so distant from the book at this point as far as like it's taken me so long. It's like I have no idea. I've had beta readers. I've had editors. They say really good things about it. David Farland gave me a fantastic quote for the book. Um, but I, at the same time, I, I feel like I have no idea really what how this reception is going to be with this book. And I hope it's really good. But um, it is an epic fantasy, right? So this one's about 100. I think it's going to come in around 150,000. Uh, my first novel, The Blackouts War, was 120,000. So it's a, it's a little bigger. Um, and it's and it's book one of an epic fantasy trilogy, so it's a new thing there where I'm really trying to get the sense of, you know, the pacing and the arc for the whole storyline down in a book one, um, and that's 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 a new journey, like figuring that stuff out. So um, I hope the epic fantasy readers in particular will really dig it. You know, I try to do a lot more with the world building. Definitely put a bigger emphasis on the characters who are in, who are in this book. There are. Um, th- some major new characters, actually the three major characters in this book aren't even in the Black Odds War. They're just mentioned in like one sentence. Uh, they're like this guy's children and then later, well, they're this, you know, the major characters of the next book. So um, some of the really popular characters from the first book come back, but uh, but they're not even really the main focus of the book. So, um, so there's a lot of new stuff I'm doing with characterization and the world building is definitely really deep. Like it's a really Norse-inspired um, culture, this new culture, Andars. So there's a lot of stuff I've been pulling in um, from Norse mythology and, and just immersing myself in a lot of that stuff for a while so I can kind of get the feel of it, you know. Um, so that's really – that's been fun. That's been a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be an, an epic beginning. Hopefully, you know, hopefully people will uh, will dig it and um, – so the other other big thing is when when do we think this episode will will come out, Sean? Do you know? Next week. All right. So I'm I'm gonna hope to have my link for my Kickstarter because I need a deadline. <laughs> 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 so hopefully there's gonna be a link for the Kickstarter for this novel, so I can do a really sweet hardcover version of it um, in the show notes for this episode. And I've got a guy who does amazing portraits, um, Brad. Uh, God, I, I'm probably gonna mispronounce his last name, but it starts with F. Yeah, I need to look that up. Um, he's he's offered to do some portraits, so I've got like some stretch goal ideas for him to do portraits of some of the characters. And John McCarthy has you know volunteered to help me with the uh, the hardcover edition. So I'd really love to have that you know come out. Um, but I'm you know Kickstarter. That's a new journey. I've never done it, but hopefully that will be in the show notes here too. Why did you decide to go that route this time around? With uh, with indie publishing, yeah, or using Kickstarter? a Kickstarter campaign. Um, well, I've been working on this for so long. I'd like to see if there's some support out there for what I'm doing, gotcha. you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, there's a, there are a lot of reasons to do it. I mean, if doing it before the release, it, it would be a way to raise awareness about the novel before it comes out. Sure. So it could be a good pr- promotional thing. I would love to, I would love to have a beautiful hardcover edition of the ninth wind, you know, sitting on a shelf and just smile at that for the rest of my life. You know, <laughs> So, um, I mean, I, I've got the, the trade paperback of the black odds war and the poster of the black odds war in my office. That's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, the hardcover would be another layer of awesome in the cake. So, uh, yeah, I would love it if, if, you know, and I think it is, yeah, obviously, I I, uh, I put a lot of myself in the book, so I think it's worthy, you know, of the the hard backing, you know. Right. So we'll see, we'll awesome. see. Awesome. Okay, so you have until um, February twenty second to send me that link. All right, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> so Moses, are you going to read it out loud for me too, like Christy is? <laughs> I I may do it. I may do it. I may do an audio book. You know, Moses, uh, Moses, that should be one of your Kickstarter incentives. You will okay. come to Tim's house yeah. and you'll read to him over while he's sleeping. <laughs> while he's in bed. <laughs> while he's in bed. That's I, am a not kid- I am not kidding. I've thought about offering that as a stretch goal because my friend Kenny Sword, we 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 had some silly thing on Facebook once about it, and you know, he's like, I want you to come read, you know, read me a bedtime story. And I was like, you know, I should put that as a stretch goal for the Kickstarter. I will go to your home and read you a bedtime story. Um it's it's going to take a lot of money, but, uh, you know. <laughs> there should be a smaller offering for Skype version. I'll just okay. put you on my tablet, there say goodnight. Rock him to sleep. I will read you any bedtime story you like. Um, <laughs> reference <laughs> Sean's Fifty Shades <laughs> reference earlier. Whatever. I'm good for it. Just, you know, just need the money. That's all. Just <laughs> Moses, have, have you read Fifty Shades of Grey? 
<laughs> no. A friend of mine tells me it's really hot, though. <laughs> yeah, before you just start A friend of mine tells me up. it's really hot, though. I don't know. I haven't read it myself. <laughs> or, or at least see the movie before you start offering that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's family-friendly entertainment. <laughs> don't show that to your fourth uh, Moses. <laughs> there's one shade of gray Moses could get down with, I'm sure, Christy. There's <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Now I, I gotta see that. I want a picture of Moses reading to Tim while Tim's in bed. But Moses, you have to have your shirt off while you're doing it. That just would be, you know, that's okay. the icing on the cake. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll, I'll get I'll get on those sit ups and do my push ups. Yeah, start working on those abs. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, um, <laughs> what was I gonna say? Oh, Brent, tell us a little bit about uh, what you guys have in store for the podcast. I would, the first thing I would say, and then Christy, feel free to, to jump in too, because we've had some conversations uh, this last week in particular about anything we might look uh, both keeping as part of the podcast. And, and Christy and I both felt like one of the core elements that we've appreciated in the, the eight plus years you've been doing this, Sean, and then what we've contributed to the podcast is the core of the show will still be an interview show from the audio portion of the show. However, and this is where Tim, you know, Tim was talking to Christy about the, the, the science segments. We've been toying with the idea about, and actually uh, made some active outreach to uh, a couple different scientists. You know, Christy being one as well, uh, already would be a welcome contributor to the, to that portion of the show, but doing more, um, audio-based interview or interviews that would be part of the audio feed that would be more um, science interviews where we would actually be talking with scientists or covering a science, uh, an aspect of science that we would weave itself into to genre nicely. So the, as Christy had mentioned before, the, the whole notion of the science of zombies, or uh, I actually have an, an engineering friend of mine that I know is going to start contributing to the show, who is going to start to, to talk to several different people that are into sustainability. And we'll have them actually interview people. Um, it may not be every month, but it may be uh, every other month where we're actually including a nonfiction based interview with uh, a scientist or uh, touch on a fun uh, factoid. So there's going to be some content uh, of that nature that we could expect in the feed as well. Christy, you want to? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, absolutely. Uh, no, absolutely. But you know, um, technology is the other thing we could add on that too. So yeah, yeah science and tech. Um, I, I'd, I'd love to get, um, you know, as far as that goes, I'd, I'd love to do some, uh, some space stuff. So, um, maybe get, uh, there's, um, astrophysicist I know I might approach, uh, you know, to talk about, um, just, you know, some of the science of planets in space. Yeah. And, and things that will tie in for, for listeners who want to, uh, who are interested in writing science, uh, science fiction, or, you know, even the stuff, um, goes into fantasy too, you know, and, and, and helps with fantasy stuff too. But, um, as well, we were talking about doing some more publishing news segments. So talking about current events, um, the one I'm, I'm going to mention off the top of my head are the Hugo nominations coming up soon and, you know, talk about some of the stuff that's, that's in the news and that people are talking about on Facebook and other domains of the internet. And, um, you know, talk about the relevance, get some people on, and and uh, do some interviews along those those lines too. And that's going to be our first order of business, Sean, is actually to to bring up and actually have some guests on to talk about um, looking at the Hugo Awards and some of the award nominations. If you, as Christy had mentioned, you if you're out on social media, you know there's been a lot of discussion. Uh, across social media about open nominations for the different awards, and so we're going to talk about the uh, what's the gen what's the genesis and kind of what's the motivation behind this need to do these open nominations and kind of the inclusiveness of uh, uh, of of genre and and what's going on there. So that that'll be our first order of business, and then um, I, we already have a few folks. Uh, that we're looking to get on tap. Christy mentioned one of them. I don't want to give it 
too much away just yet, but uh, I have two authors I've reached out to that uh, we'll look to have interviews in March with their uh, forthcoming releases. So, And they've both been, as a clue, they've both been prior guests on the show, and they were both guests of mine the first year I helped. And even to go so far, I could go so far as saying they were also both guests of mine when I was at World Fantasy. So that'll be the couple clues. They both have releases. Uh, both gentlemen to have releases coming out um, in March. So that that's kind of a preview. The other thing Christy and I talked about too is, and again, may not be a regular segment, but she and I are both interested in, in uh, genre media as well. And I know she has a soft place in her heart with uh, for gaming. So we've discussed oh, yeah. in, including some uh, some media components to this. But again, with all this being said, I think the core for us is still going to be fiction. It's going to be the interviews, but we also know that um, the world's changing uh, from a media consumption standpoint. Uh, matter of fact, as we were doing, as we were messaging back and forth before we launched into our discussion here, uh, and I just read a Wall Street Journal article that I was having my son read. The next great spectator sport is supposed to be gaming. So yeah. <laughs> there, we'll we'll start to uh, adapt and change at least a, a little bit on the fringe with the the way the world's changing yeah. too. Yeah, and no, it, it's and yeah, no. Thank you for reminding me about the video games. Yeah, because there's some of there's some really important stuff that's being done with storytelling that's being yeah. done in video games and with science fiction, particularly. Uh, Mass Effect is the is the you know great sci-fi example of storytelling in video games. So it's yeah, things are changing. So we need to uh, you know for the audience, and so we want to be talking about that stuff. Thanks for asking, Sean. I just want to express um, to everybody that we're going to – everybody that's a, a listener of the show and even if they're just joining for this first time that we're going to miss you dearly. <laughs> so um, there's so much that can be said around just my place uh, for a number of the reasons why – and I, I'm sure I'm speaking for, for Christy and Moses and Tim in some regards here and um, you know they're certainly welcome to, to chime in but when uh, – you were expressing, you know, concern around having to um, transition the show or, or have the show um, retire the show for all intents and purposes. Uh, I know personally, I couldn't let that happen for a number of reasons, and and one of those reasons is I've viewed you to be a, a part of the history of genre, whether you recognize that or not, mm-hmm. um, in the show it, itself. Uh, and secondarily, a lot of the relationships I've met within the community have to do with the show as being a starting point. So I've you know established friendships with a number of people. Um, I attended conferences I wouldn't have attended otherwise. Uh, workshops, my viable paradise experience, all ultimately comes to the show. And I think the the utmost sentiment tied to tied to us and how I, you know, feel about you starting the show and you always having a green light and being welcome as a member of the family, the Don Corleon of this, uh, of, of the show is going to be that last interview I did. Uh, well, not the last, but the, the interview I did with, with Jennifer Brissett and she's receiving a number of accolades, uh, for her work, her, her debut novel, and you heard her quite clearly in the interview talk about she was a fan of the show and this is something she really wanted to do. And she got her start because of the podcast. And so where, where ultimately she may have picked up that career later on, you have probably uh, – and you should internalize this. Uh, and Listen to me being a bit didactic. But you should internalize this, Sean, because that's – you have helped – someone else uh, jumpstart their career, maybe years ahead of where they would have otherwise. And for that, uh, I'm going to miss your voice. Um, and I know you're all, I, I'm, I can just pick up the phone and uh, talk to you whenever I'd like, provided you're not working, but, uh, or with your kids, but others I know will miss your voice as well for those reasons. So thank you. I should just say that. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Sean. No, Absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks, thanks very much. Yeah, that that's um, it's humbling to know. You know, 
when I first started this thing, it was like, uh, well, I'll give the, it's a lark. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> the first 20 episodes sucked, by the way. But <laughs> you do yourself a disservice. I thought the only first, only the first six sucked. Oh, all of thanks. <laughs> Although the ones I dropped from the feed. Yeah. But you know, when you have uh, Ari Salvatore and uh, Harry Turtle Dove and Timothy Zahn and oh, Ray Bradbury in your first 10 shows, um, it helps you get other people. So, so I, I, I was able to live off those coattails. So I figured out what, uh, n- you know, negative two decibels meant. And <laughs> things, things like that to get the sound where it needed to be and, and not to be completely nervous when I'm talking to these people, which is great. Now when I interview people, I'm like, I've done this so often, I, I don't get nervous anymore. So I think that the interviews come out a lot better. But I know I appreciate that. Thanks, Brent. Um, but don't ever call me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Only when I'm in Tahoe. Only yeah, when, when you're at all. You, you got to let me know next time before you come so we can make the arrangements ahead of time. Not like on a Saturday. Hey, I'm here. Can you drive up to... St-? No, I can't. <laughs> I, I need more warning than that. <laughs> the, the dates are already on the calendar. They're already on the calendar. Okay. No, I'm going to be there. I'll, I'll send them to you as soon as we're finished. All right. Can you get me a pass? How about that? Yes. Sweet. All right. I'm there. Yes. Can, you, can, you, can I be Alex Smith's caddy? I don't know about that. Oh, well, come on, man. I don't What's know about up? that. I can probably swing you. <laughs> I could probably swing you a press pass, or maybe let, let's talk. I might even be able to get you contractor status with us. But let's oh. talk after this. Okay. So. Okay. Now, yeah, <laughs> this sounds like off the record type of stuff. Um, and uh, by way, of, by way of thank you, Sean. You know, now when I go and I, you know, hang out with some gamers and they're talking about all these great books or radio, I'm like, oh yeah, I interviewed that guy. Yeah, what? totally. What? Yeah. Really? You know, and it's like that's thanks to you, man. You gave me this great opportunity to interview. <laughs> Guy Gabriel K. I, I've been. I was sitting at the World Fantasy Convention at the bar with Guy Gabriel K. Talking baseball. Like that's like that, that was like a right for a few years there. Yeah, you know? totally. Like just amazing things that uh, you know that I, I've been able to do here. And, and man, you've always just been done a great job on this show. So just like congratulations on such a great thing that you've done. And I'm so stoked. You know, hearing Brent and Christy and you know me and Tim here too in the background. You know, with just your ideas for the show, like really great ideas and. Like if you hadn't put so much love in the show, you know, Brent and Christy wouldn't be alive with so many great ideas for what to do with it going forward. So, you know, it, it's it's your you know, your vision continues, man, and and uh, it just because it's a beautiful thing, it, it and uh, we'll knock on wood that it keeps going for a long, long time. I thought you were gonna say they wouldn't be alive for a second there. I'm like, oh, come on now. That's- <laughs> I know Brent was listening. He put on the podcast right before he jumped, and he stepped off the ledge. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. but but keep keep in mind too, Sean. I you know I'm, I'm sort of I'm newer coming to the team, but I I really did get one of my writing starts with um, you know my writing career starts by listening to this show. I never would have met Diana Rowland um, and and had anything to talk to her about if I or when I when I did get a chance to meet her if I hadn't been listening to the show regularly. And the number of authors I'm well read in from having been listening to the podcast um, that's all, uh, you know, directly fed into, into my career and, and the success knock on wood that, that I've had so far. So it's, yeah. And just to become able to come and join the show and, uh, keep it going. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, I definitely would not be able to let this show. I, I would have been incredibly sad if this show had ended. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I hope publicists everywhere are hearing that having your books be on the show sells copies. So send your money to adventures and sci-fi publishing. <laughs> At gmail.com. We'll have to get Brent's address attached to that now, I suppose. <laughs> I like it. Checks in the mail. Sweet. <laughs> you know, I, I appreciate it there. Thank you, guys. You know, one of my favorite stories, I have a lot of stories, but uh, I remember this night I was at Comic-Con, and I was hanging out. It was like 11 o'clock at night or so. I just met uh, Todd Lockwood, and I was sitting there with Tobias Bakel, who bought me like a $25 shot of scotch, which tasted like leather and smoke. And I was, oh, and Dozel Young was with us. And uh, Liz uh, Grinsky from Tor, she comes up to me and she says, uh, hi, I listened to you when I walked to work. And I remember sitting there going, like just speechless, like, wow, that's awesome. Well, thank you. And then, and she left. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> And then, you know, three years, four years later, I saw her at um, 
Christy, what was that convention that we hung out a bit at last year uh, or two years ago? That one, was NorwestCon. No, 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 the one in Portland. Um, Oricon, Oricon. Oricon, I was at Oricon. Yeah. And, and she was there, and I went up to her, and you know, she looked at me and said, hi, Sean, like instantly. She knew who I was. And uh, it, it's just amazing. You know, it is a kind of a smaller community, I realize, but I, I just didn't expect her to remember who I was. I'd only talked to her really that one time, and it had been you know, a good four years prior. So, yeah, there are a lot of fun stories that I'll keep with me, and, and I, I certainly don't regret anything and, and uh, appreciate my, my time. I'm glad I took the show back from Tim when Tim needed to step away, but now I know that it's just not impossible for me to keep doing this anymore. So I look forward to being a listener. And I guess that's about it. We've gone over an hour, so we should probably sign off at this point. But were there any other closing thoughts that we need to get in? If if Liz Gorinsky's listening, I dropped the ball. I was supposed to have her on the show when I was running, but I got so behind. So (laughs) Sorry, Liz. Well, maybe she blames me for that, and that's why she remembered who I was. <laughs> Tim, we'll see if we can do a make good on that, okay? Yeah, yeah. If, 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 yeah. Liz, if Liz is, is listening, um, on, on an aside, Brent and I would be more than happy to have you on the show in the near future. Please? <laughs> Please? <laughs> that's all right, Tim. I've done that more than once, I'm afraid. It happens. All right, well, I guess that's going to do it then. Um, Please come to the website. We have some new book reviews up there. Join us on uh, Facebook and Twitter uh, when you have a chance. And guys, thank you very much. And I'll, maybe I'll see you in the future with an interview here and there. Awesome. Can't thank wait. Thank you, Sean. Thanks, man. Take care. Adios. Visit Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing for show notes, links, reviews, special guests, videos, and more. Email us at adventuresinsci-fi-publishing at gmail.com. Sound effects from the Free Sounds Project. Music by Asymmetry, found at musically.com. No authors were seriously damaged in the making of this podcast. <laughs>